At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella and the Cure the World Messenger, and I am greeting you here from beautiful Colorado and inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. Today, I have a very special guest that is going to shed some light on so many things that every single, not only solo entrepreneur, entrepreneur, but also enterprise, it doesn't matter how big or small, needs to know, and matter of fact, needs to master. We're having here someone that is actually local, Coloradan, fellow Coloradan here, um, that has phenomenal story and been there, done that, and it's doing some amazing things beside being two times international best-selling author, also um, keynote speaker that advises and transforms companies and influences through the digital footprints. He is also known as a YouTuber extraordinaire. Without further ado, let's hear from Brian G. Johnson. Brian, how are you? Well, Isabella, it's great to be here. Really excited to share some thoughts, ideas, really how anyone can move forward and you know become the best version of themselves, lead uh, whatever companies, peers, uh, move forward and get some really tremendous results by leveraging social media. Absolutely. But this is not anymore just the story of a social media, right? How leveraging the digital footprint that obviously social media plays a huge role, but digitalization, it's like a bigger umbrella and much greater thing that is absolutely not going away and it's exploding right now at the moment. And it's just going to rapidly be more and more vital for any size of enterprise. Would you agree with that? hundred percent. You know, the web, the, the, it's interesting as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, I've made so many mistakes uh, over the years, many, many years. But what I've learned as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, speaker, all the things, author, is if you just get a few things, one or two things right along that journey, and they're the right things, then big things can happen. And for me, I remember many, many years ago, I was really excited about the internet and things have certainly not slowed down. So huge opportunity for anybody. So let's go let the pick a little bit and get a cat out of the bag and share with some of your early beginnings and things you used to actually do. You were a phenomenal chef and you just ditched that and became this amazing influencer YouTuber. But you did something interesting that very few people really realize how much of effort and time took you to master one thing extremely well. So we know the curses of entrepreneurs or just in general enterprises, they want to be you know, for everything, for everyone, right? Or doing so many things at once. So do you mind sharing a little bit your journey, your upbringing, and how did you get into YouTube and how did you fall in love with video? Good question. So the short answer is after I wrote this book, I thought, what should I do next? Is uh, an entrepreneur, I'm sure a lot of people can resonate. You know, you have a big project and then you think, well, what the heck do I do next? And video was something that I was always very interested in, but I never really focused on. And I think there's a big difference. Um, so I'll get to that, but I'm going to back up a little bit. You asked about some of my origin story, as, as some people might call it and whatnot. And I remember as a very young boy sitting in the classroom and I'm sitting there and I'm hearing about all these things I could do. Like you could be a doctor, a lawyer, you could be an astronaut, you could be an athlete, all these things. And they all so sounded okay. But I remember from a very early age, this idea of probably not entrepreneur, because I don't think a, a young boy could wrap his mind around what that means, but just the idea of working for yourself, calling your own shots having the ability to work as hard as you want, take time off when you want, maybe travel to a new location and work from you know, the, the Swiss Alps for a, a season and then move across the ocean and, and maybe back to the United States, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I thought that sounded so amazing. And from that time, I started really looking into how can I make money 
just for myself at home. And I can remember some companies like SMC, I think it, it's called, it's like this mail order company and you order things and you send mail and, or you could go to a, a trade show and try to sell trinkets. And, <laughs> and I did that and it wasn't for me. And then I did network marketing, MLM. And I've talked to so many uh, entrepreneurs that have done that too. And it's like, you know, you bug all your friends. And I mean, to be fair, I actually got a lot of people involved. I did kind of okay. But one of the things I realized is my results were always really dependent on somebody else. And I started thinking, you know, yes. what can I do just from the comfort of my own home to generate income, to give me that flexibility, that lifestyle flexibility that I wanted. And, and by this time, you know, I kept moving forward and thinking about this from a young boy all the way to teenage years. And around that time, it was in 97, 98, the internet started becoming a thing. And I started really being fascinated with the idea that I could build a little website in my home and then I could have people access it all over the world. And if I was smart about what I did, I could generate money and maybe I wouldn't have to have a job. That just sounds like work. I don't have a hard time <laughs> working for myself, but for someone else, it's not as satisfying. And it started to work. I started building websites. I started making insane amounts of money. And, I, and it, was, it was such an interesting experience. And that really started me down the path of, of understanding and leveraging social media, building websites, YouTube, videos, podcasts. Now we have Clubhouse and LinkedIn and Facebook and Facebook groups. And it just goes on and on and on. And I didn't even mention Twitter. So that's a little bit of the origin story and how I got to where I am now. Mm. An interesting thing is, I, as, as, as you were sharing that, it's also evolution how social uh, media uh, just grew so exponentially, right? And it's insecure on that way of riding with that social media expansion and different platforms and then figuring out where your place is or where do you feel most comfortable. So as we see what is happening with digitalization, personal branding and also more than ever existing brands that they really need to do stellar job to tell the story. Uh, not only you're telling the story, but you leveraging and giving in such an interesting way. So do you mind sharing the power of the story and specifically the videos that are the most viewed way of the, uh, observing information, right? It's like why is you, YouTube video so powerful and what it does um, for enterprises and current state? Sure. Um, so like I said, I, I I'll, I'll kind of head into the book and I think this is a nice segue. So I began to build websites and I was interested in all these things. And I started generating money and I did this for about 10 years. I had a lot of experience, generated millions of dollars, which was so amazing for me. For example, I remember one summer. Wait, 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 wait a second. So generating millions of dollars means you succeeded because we know very well how many enterprises never really make any significant income, uh, even larger enterprises, right? So you mastered and figured ways how to truly actually be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Like I was going to say, um, one of the things I did in, this, in the summer was I thought... I want to build some websites. I want to generate some revenue. I want okay. to quit my job. And I thought, well, what, what, are, what are the consumers going to buy? And I thought, well, I'll build some websites around Christmas. And that seemed pretty good. And then a few days later, I thought, you know, Halloween is coming up. It's sooner. And I know that so many people will buy Halloween costumes. Now I have a really tangible, specific idea of exactly what people will buy. And I went deeper. So I built a website about a ghost costume and a witch costume and hundreds of uh, websites. And literally, actually not hundreds, the first year I built one website. I spent maybe 20 hours and I generated $25,000. So it was like generating $1,000 wow. an hour. And it was like, holy smokes. And at that point, that was really a, a turning point for me because I'd made okay, pretty good money, but I consider $1,000 an hour, like that's extraordinary earnings. And, and that's kind of how I got into that. And again, that le led me to this because I started having this phenomenal result and I wanted to teach people, you know, what is a trust funnel? And this kind of lends into the story, which is it's really all about creating content that is focused on what people want to learn, what they're interested in. And then over time, that allows the people that are interested to get to know 
like, and trust you. Now, the more you show up, the more you deliver the valuable information they're interested in, the more likely that'll happen. And, and I kind of pivoted and, and no longer was I selling costumes, but I was teaching people the skills and abilities that I learned like website design and targeting audiences. And, and I did that, like I said, for 10 years. And when I was done, I thought, well, goodness, what do I do now? Because I had spent a lot of time on this book. I wrote for nine months. I, uh, Publicized Why does the, the title put a big for a lot of people that are watching and listening? Yeah, yeah, trust handy. funnel. Do you mind sharing the visual with friends and colleagues here if, if you have it handy? That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Trust funnel by Brian G. Johnson, available where books are sold, including Amazon. So that's really easy to find. And by by that time, I I kind of took all my ideas and what I had learned, I put it in the book. And I, I actually spent like nine months promoting the book. And I remember some of my colleagues saying, the amount of buzz and excitement that you have for the book right now is great, but I'm nervous you won't be able to maintain that. But I came mm. up with a really fun strategy around getting people excited about my book, which was really, it's kind of storytelling and creating an event. So one of the things I like to think about is you know, marketing isn't that fun. It's not that sexy. Nobody wants to be marketed to, but when you can create an event online, that's fun and exciting. People want to be a part of that. And yeah. uh, th that's what I did with the book and it worked really well. Fantastic. And I love what you just said. It's not just that like a promoting, it's a storytelling and associating, finding yourself in that story, right? And finding something because you spot on, we don't like to be sold, but we love to find the value, something that we're interested in that we feel like, oh my God, I have to have that. And when you create that experience, people buy, right? And Absolutely. I have to say, you went through my struggle and as I published my book and doing all these different strategies and tactics, I wish I knew at that time because, you know, it's like, even if you go with different gurus and people that are quote unquote <clears throat> experts and know what they're doing, I very quickly realized a lot of times is that uh, people actually doing this uh, trial and error on your own account. And that is very painful and hurts. You know, it, it is. And and a lot of people minimize the, the work that's necessary or the amount of skill and ability that's necessary. And they minimize that. And then that makes people think, well, this is going to be really easy. Uh, sliced bread, for example, and, yes. you know, as easy as sliced bread. And that's not really the case. But instead, when you can say, hey, that, that you know, this is, it's hard to grab someone's attention, which actually, again, this is like leverage today's online currency to grab attention. And that's hard to do. It's hard to grab attention. Um, one of the things I did was I leveraged the power of reciprocity. So I actually sent people the book, but mm -hmm. I never asked them. I did not ask them to share a photo. I just said, here's the book. Thank you. And I started with people that I knew were closest to me, my, my close colleagues, my close peers and whatnot, some friends online. And guess what they did? They were excited to get it. They shared a picture. Now, when uh -huh. someone else shares a picture of, of, of my book, it's a lot more powerful than me saying this is a great book. Because I, I'm leveraging social proof. And, and this is a great way of, of creating that story that you asked about. And, and then I so, sent out some more books. And I went to an event and, and people were sharing more, more pictures. And by the time the book launched, uh, there were over, I think, 980 shares across Facebook and other social media platforms. And, and it was fun. I, some of the things people were doing was, well, let's try to take the craziest photo possible. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> You know, and, and that's how it became an event. And I try, I try to do that with my marketing. I try to make it fun and less about marketing. And, and again, that's really how, what led me to YouTube, because when I got done with this, it was such a big deal. I didn't like, I didn't know what to do. I like, well, well, what do I do? What do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and I thought, you know, I've always really enjoyed YouTube, but I've never really focused on YouTube. What would happen if I tried to do that? Could I grow an audience? Could I create a following? Could I get brands wanting to work with me and whatnot and, and all of those things? And that, that actually led to my second book, which is Two Ritual, um, which is really about leveraging the power of video and specifically YouTube to amplify your message. That is powerful and I love what you said you obviously had a journey you started and on that wave you adjusted sales uh, as needed 
and and then you go and then speed ahead full charge when you knew what is working and that is producing results and a lot of times people are impatient they don't know what to track uh they're trying to do too many things and i feel like nothing gets fully executed right and, and then it's very hard to tell where to put a all effort right but when you put it in so many different directions then very rarely can see tangible results so with that in mind you did a second book which i really want you to put in perspective for our audience what it takes to master one particular not even just the social media platform but uh, something that we cannot live without like me as a coach as a trainer as a, obviously advisor to c-suites and executives and larger enterprises as creator of the modules and different types of training I can't live without a video. I don't like it or not. That's where it goes, right? So do you mind sharing? And I think you did something extremely smart to depict something that is not going to be obsolete in a few years. You're just going to get more and more uh, consumer base and maybe different variants of it. How are we going to di digest that information? But so do you mind sharing? How did you then depict YouTube storytelling and the success that you currently have? Yeah, all really great questions. So for me personally, when we talk about like fo focusing on one thing and understanding what makes the most sense for me, the thing I always begin with, and, and if I can encourage anybody, is begin with yourself. Just let go of all the crazy drama, let go of all the buzzwords, let go of the newest flavor of the app of the month or the thing that's coming down the pike because there will always be another. But when you start with yourself, because you ain't yeah. going away. Like you, your ambitions, your goals, your morality, how you think, the things you're passionate about, when you put those at the forefront, which call me crazy, but I think that's more important than the latest flash in the pan. Like what was uh, club, uh, not Clubhouse, before Clubhouse, it was, oh, Blab. Did you ever, Isabella, did you yes. ever? I heard, I saw it, and I definitely did not partake. I was like, okay, I was like, whatever. But really, when Clubhouse came about because of the timing, yeah, I definitely jumped in that. Not only because of COVID or whatever, but I felt like it was just so well. Again, as you said, storytelling, promoted, marketed, created insane buzz. And then when I came in, I was like, oh my god, I can talk to people from all over the world on specific topics and in different rooms. Not only I can go to other people's rooms, but I can have my own. And that's something that I really jumped on, but not really blob. You're spot on. It's like I never really get it. Yeah, well, I did. And a lot of people got really, really excited about Blab. And I brought it up because, again, so many people pivoted toward, towards that. And it was great until it wasn't great and it went away and it evaporated. <laughs> and it was like big deal until it's not. So if you put your eggs all in that one basket. Now, I think Clubhouse yeah. is wonderful. And I don't want to say people shouldn't tr test and try new things out. But there's something so powerful about having just like laser focus on what you want to achieve. And for me, that was video because number one, I hadn't really ever focused on, on YouTube. I did WordPress and build, building websites and social media and Facebook and uh, JV partnerships and product development and selling my own products and coaching. And I never really focused on YouTube. Now, there are a few elements that are very, very powerful uh, when it mm -hmm. comes to YouTube that no other platform in the galaxy really allow you to tap into. And one of those things is I can publish a piece of content today that will gain visibility, eyeballs, drive views, not only tomorrow, but months and months down the line. Uh, I've got videos right now that were published one year ago, two years ago, three, four years ago that still drive views, which means that allows me to get my message out. It's almost like when we, one of the buzzwords we often hear about is residual income which who doesn't love that? Like one of the ways I got paid is I actually worked with GoDaddy to sell domains to people that were buying domains. And uh, I became a reseller and, and I did that in 2010. And I still get a check every single month, which is amazing. Wow. But an, another wow. really, a really, really cool thing is, is like, what about your residual results? So if I put up a video and it keeps driving views year after year, that becomes a residual result. And today, you know, I think I've driven over 11 million views and on a daily basis, around 2,500 views a day. 
and I don't necessarily need to work as hard today as I did four or five years ago, because four or five years ago, I laid the foundation, began to really learn how to create a powerful video, how to tell a great story, how to edit, how to shoot, the camera settings, the thumbnail, the title, how to be compelling, how not to say um and ah, how what to cut, what not to cut. There's a lot of elements, but mm -hmm. when you really, again, focus, it gives you an opportunity not just to think I need to learn how to do that. Because what I think is, is I like to take all the elements and I think to myself, what's most important? What are the things that will really allow me to generate results? And I want to master those. Something that Bruce Lee said, he said that I'm not afraid of the man that has practiced 10,000 different kicks, but I'm afraid of the, the one man who practiced one kick 10,000 times and he becomes masterful at that. So that's kind of yes. been my strategy and focus is to become, and, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm not a master at many elements, but when we strive to become a master, we arrive at a pretty darn powerful place. You get really good at creating thumbnails, being compelling, understanding the topics that matter, not to me, but to an audience I want to connect with. And as I continue to strive and really create this, this strategy that I teach today, which is these are the most important video elements. This is how we create strategy to stay on track. And when we just keep, I call it the looping method, when we continue to loop back and forth and we focus on what's most important, you get better and better. And it's only a matter of time till big things happen and your videos start to go viral. Um, that is powerful. You share quite a bit right there. So let's pick a little bit here. Uh, you had a tremendous impact, obviously. You had a video that at least one reach over a million views, right? Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing, I want you to really distill a little bit to our audience. How many years, I believe you said uh, previously, five years took you to master YouTube or after five years to see, of course you saw results sooner, but you have seen this leap bounds of results. But I'm curious, I mean, you creating such a high quality productions, you spent a lot of time and effort, as you said, and what to cut, what to keep, and how to create this amazing experience, not only for people to desire to watch, but to stay on your channel, to also share, to comment, to engage, but also seek your support, seek your assistance, seek your expertise. So do you mind putting a little in perspective the level of effort you did so that others that get so impatient a few months later and want to give up or think that everything's gonna be just quick and easy, what that looks like, please, in truly real world. Right. So let me just uh, do a little spin here. Please. Um, I don't see any of my, I don't see my other book here, which is Tube Ritual. But what was really easy, interesting about my second book, which is about YouTube, is that I signed on with my publisher for a second book. Uh -huh. And I told the entire internet, and maybe this is the difference of, you know, getting impatient at two months in because I went out and I, I really put myself out there and mm -hmm. I said, I'll have 10,000 YouTube subscribers in one year in a very, very co competitive niche that all my peers are teaching YouTube. So what does that mean? They're all great at editing and they're great at thumbnails and they're great at delivery. And, and it's like, you're going against the all-star team and you're, you're a rookie. Um, but that's what I put out there. And I even started writing a book how to get 10,000 subscribers in a year. And I started planning this before I did it. I think about it now, like people must've thought I was insane and crazy. <laughs> Why should I trust you? But what happens along that way is either A, they never trust you or B, you keep showing up yes. and you begin to change their, their thought pattern. And they're like, this guy is really serious. And I can see he's growing, he's getting results. So the first thing I did is I committed like one of the one of the visuals, one of the memes I like to think about is what I call toe dippers. Now imagine, imagine you show up in LA, you're at this really swanky party. You know, there's the palm trees, everyone's looking good, there's music playing, and there's this beautiful pool. And the fun is in the pool. And you really want to be in the pool, but you're just not sure. Like I just feel a little insecure. And you you, you lean into the pool and just dip your toe. You cannot experience the fun, the fulfillment, all, all that the party has to offer 
unless you like cannonball into the pool and fully commit. So, you know, when I started on YouTube, I did that. I said 10,000 subscribers in a year. And then I just, I, I didn't have the strategy I have today. I had to figure that out. I didn't know what the 15 most important things were. I had to figure that out. You but didn't have I a did, roadmap, so you did everything by yourself on trial and error? 100%. You know, sure, I read a lot of books. I had experience on keywords, and I had a lot of marketing experience leading me in. But it's not like someone just says, do these things, and, and success will be yours. You know, I didn't have my program, and I didn't have a program to follow. I just really did it on trial and errors, like, like you said, but I did have a lot of good ideas. Like I understood keywords and I understood topics. And some of the things I did that's very powerful is I didn't try to compete uh, like how to get views, which is I cover that today or how to grow an audience because it was so competitive. Instead, one of the things I did is I thought, well, what is something that may be a sub niche? For example, anybody that's going to publish a video needs to learn to edit their video. Yeah. And I thought, what's even a sub niche of editing? And I thought, well, you know, maybe people that want to learn how to edit a video on a mobile phone. So I actually started creating videos about editing on iMovie on a mobile phone. And it's amazing to me, but some of my most viewed videos were published when my channel was just weeks old because I really identified an area that was less competitive and that allowed me to get some results and proof. So then, then the thing I did is, is I said, Hey, you know, I'm a newbie. I'm just getting started, but here's the thing. I just found out this really powerful strategy. And if this knucklehead can do it, you can probably do it too. Let me show you. And at that, at that point, you know, I began to do what's called playing your hand. And this is something, again, I, I cover in my uh, book, trust funnel. A lot of people think I'm just getting started. I don't have anything to offer. I'm not an expert. Well, well I wasn't an expert in YouTube. I, I just started three months ago. I had 20 videos, but I had a little bit of results. So I, I leveraged the hand of a newbie. I said, I'm just, I'm just getting started. I'm not sure about all this YouTube stuff, but let me show you what I did. And that allowed me to start moving forward and then talking about really the thing I wanted to talk about, which was growing an audience, amplifying your message, driving views, gaining that experience, and then leveraging that to really build a business. And also build a great community. And it seems like you also um, build amazing community and great groups where you continue to support and nurture that people will follow that will go with you in an environment where they can even have a more access to you and able to learn and subscribe and even pay for content that is not necessarily always readily available right but but i'm curious um i think you mentioned before like it took you five years uh, yes. how many hours of work just tell us a little bit about that or like what is that tangible output just so the people can sink in for people, what level of effort you endured to get there? Yeah, and really that post, Isabella, was about the kind of video content that I create today, which is more story-based, which is more adventure, and it's fan super fancy cameras, way too expensive, all the gear, and the time invested, and also having the ability to know how to use it. Um, for example, I went to Yellowstone and I wanted to create this, this video where my goal is to uh, create a really fun and exciting video that features really neat wildlife. And I told this story at the beginning of the video and, you know, I really didn't know if I would get great wildlife because it's, I, I don't, what do I know? I've never been to Yellowstone, but that was the premise of the, of the video and I was there for five evenings, four days, and I went out and it worked. And I, and I was able to use my gear and the skills and the editing and focus techniques that, that I never had learned about and zoom lenses and, and understanding what lens and just so many elements that are very, very high level. And because I had, had continued always to focus on learning, like I am a lifelong learner. When I get bored, I need to do something else. But yeah. video is so challenging that it allows me to do that. So on one hand, you know, I started with a phone and began driving views with a phone, serious views, 500 views a day to one video. 
But yeah. at the same time, over time, I continued to grow, became more proficient. And what I would say to anybody that's interested in leveraging video is, is if you want to do that, decide it shall be. Don't wonder when, don't wonder why, decide it shall be, stake your claim and start acting. And the more you focus on taking the actions and whatnot, the better you'll do. And furthermore, the more you really strive to understand what's most important, then the more likely you get those results. So for me, over time, I, I really did grow. Um, I'll also say it was challenging and it was hard. And I had so many experiences where I was completely in over my head. Like when I, I remember the first time I got more of a, a prosumer camera, you know, you spend a thousand dollars, you get a good Canon or Sony camera. And I didn't, I wanted to fil film in manual because I heard that would be the best quality. But that also means you have to know what the heck you're doing. And I didn't. Yes, like, you need to learn tools and techniques. Yeah, and Right. I had to learn aperture and ISO and shutter speed and frame rates and, and where to set the audio and, and how to get the, uh, the microphone positioned so I had good clean audio. And I remember the, it took me three days to get the right kind of look. And when I first started, the first clips I got was so overexposed, the whole frame was white. And I look kind of like this ghost floating around, <laughs> overexposed ghost. But what's really interesting, and this is that's kind of what that post was all about, where I, you know, I'd spent hundreds, thousands and thousands of hours and 900 videos published to YouTube and countless time. And I, I spent five nights in Yellowstone and I was able to deliver a video that you know, I'm, I'm starting to, to approach the kind of stuff people would sit down on the couch, relax and watch a Netflix documentary on, on the beauty and wildlife of Yellowstone. Like, why can't I do that? And, I, and that is brilliant. And I just wanted to reflect for a second here for everybody that is listening, watching. Um, it's easy always to look at the master and attempt and think it's easy, but without really understanding and appreciating how much dedication, sleepless nights, extra hours and resources and time, time that you cannot get ever back, right? But also resources financially and not only in equipment, right? But knowing what you need and how you need it to create a masterpiece. And all of us are seeking that, we're seeing that. Larger corporations obviously have the type of uh, financial support that they can create with creators, something amazing. And someone who also appreciates and works in you know, entertainment industry with media, with film and whatnot, I really do appreciate the quality over quantity, right? But when someone is starting, when somebody is just trying, I just want to also people to point out, it's like, be patient because it takes time, right? You can't be the pro with the first rodeo. You have to keep going and keep going and keep trying. And maybe some things are not for you, maybe storytelling part, but I just love what you're able to do. Not only you master storytelling aspect, and then you master that so well in a multidimensional way through the video, through the actual visual and sound and that whole experience. And then now, of course, music layer and everything else. And a lot of times we're seeing people putting so much effort, but the story is not good or message is not clear or action after that's like what we just watched and what that means and where do we go? What is next, right? So it is so many moving parts. And I just wanted to say, first of all, kudo, but for everyone else to also, when you see something, appreciate others people effort. So that's why we're also, the, why is the price tag after masterpiece so high? Because it, this is what took to make it happen, right? Uh, but in the same time, I wanted you, to, if you don't mind sharing your perspective, because you're hanging out with the top YouTubers in the world. Uh, you guys chat, you guys co-create and make things happening. You recognize the power in all aspects of it in every single industry and sector. So what are you seeing happening? I mean, I already see from my side, from the corporate angle, right? Uh, but I'm curious from YouTuber world, uh, where do you think digital stuff and leverage in YouTube is headed? Well, YouTube is not going away. That's... Uh... It is the biggest video platform and there's no second player. The second player is so far behind that it's just not even worth taking a look at. Um, the other thing that's really interesting and exciting about YouTube today for anybody is, is you get paid. 
like when I make a piece of content and I post it, not only can that piece of content, that video drive views, drive visibility for year for years and years, but it also can pay me for years and years. And that's just from the ads that run on YouTube. And furthermore, we have live streaming on YouTube. And once again, YouTube has done a really great job to, to make it easy for creators because YouTube's in, a, in an interesting spot because they know that the level of content that the consumers demand is pretty high. And yes. if they want the, the creators that create that content to stick around, they have to incentivize them and they want to pay them. So they keep coming back and they keep making incredible video content. So you can get paid with the ads, but I mentioned live streaming and they have something called super chat. So for example, when I live stream on my channel, I typically generate, you know, 50, 75, a hundred, uh, two, three, $400 per live stream lasting for one or two hours, because I'm able number one, to already have driven value for a lot of the subscribers. And when they come onto my live stream, they want to thank me. They appreciate what I do. And they, they give me five bucks and they say, thank you so much. So, you know, right now, YouTube is in a very interesting place where the creators are getting paid and some are getting paid insane amounts of money. And then furthermore, you have brands. So what happens is when you're a powerful YouTuber, when you do put in the time and effort, you begin to develop an audience and people love what you do. So they want to watch your next video. And of course, we have brands that want to get in front of the audience. So they reach out to the YouTuber and they say, hey, we love it. If you want to uh, mention our product in a few videos or maybe a live stream, we'd like to pay you. And that happens again, again and again and again. And I, I'm pitched often, but a lot of times it doesn't make sense for my audience and I have to take care of their needs before mine. I can't pitch, I can't pitch a washing machine or <laughs> something that's not really related. Dry but, cleaner. <laughs> yeah, something. Yes. something Things that, that are random, even though they may consume it, but it's not their priority. And that's not why they go there. So you're ruining the flavor. Like it's like going to the great restaurant, but you're expecting to also be pitched for, uh, for random things right yeah so like just, do you want to buy some car tires for your car it's snowy outside like what just happened i'm here <laughs> for a hamburger or a piece of fish maybe you know i'm not looking for tires but what's powerful and beautiful is when a brand comes to you and it's really aligned with what you do then he, i don't really need to change for example i worked with a company and i helped them build software to really learn about the analytics from a youtube channel which I, I'm an expert in. I've studied that for many, many years. So that was a natural collaboration. It added value to the audience and allowed me to get paid. And again, this happens for lots of, lots of individual uh, creators, companies, solopreneurs, YouTubers. And that's like three, three ways to get monetized. I didn't mention affiliate marketing. Um, and there's probably a few other uh, ways to get paid too. And, and again, video's not going anywhere. Simple as that. Yes, and we know that. And one thing, if you don't mind the picking, obviously I'm playing quite a bit in the LinkedIn space and we're seeing more and more content that LinkedIn is, on a side LinkedIn Lives, uh, similar to YouTube Lives. We're also having content that we are obviously seeing a lot of hats for, which is the video. Video dissemination of great business, advice or what have you. So do you mind dispelling for someone who is starting out or someone who maybe played in old ways like I did and then, and I'm keep hearing was, oh, that was relevant to 1990, whatever, you know, yeah. what is relevant today? What would you just say? What is important when you are creating the video? Uh, and then is, is the length important? What kind of message? How long the title? Well, those crazy things that we spend so much time to try to figure it out. And also how much should we play in the role, the subtitles and all the jazz and all these visual things that people are now throwing in and frankly being quite overwhelming, right? You can have, I've seen the videos with zoom in, zoom out, as title on the top that stays across, below I'm seeing subtitles, but I'm also seeing all these emojis and all that stuff that just like flash. And I'm thinking, are we like in casino? Are we playing Jack in the Las Vegas and doing all these machines? What's going on? <laughs> Please tell us. Sure. Um, 
it's it's really interesting and i'm just i'm going to call a spade a spade i think a lot of times when people get interested in video they're trying to learn that secret sauce and if we just boil it down and we just take a breath and just ask yourself if you want to publish a video that gets a lot of exposure well then the thing i want you to think about is what is it about a video that really that you really love and why do you love the video is it the emojis no way never <laughs> is the emojis is it that you transcribed it to french <laughs> sure ain't that maybe croatian but yes uh possibly i hear a lot of beautiful things about croatia but generally speaking what i can tell you is you if you focus on the core fundamental elements that draw people to video at that point you've got a fighting chance because the reason i'll tell you the reason people dig video is the person behind the camera is a sharing a message that's relevant b uh, entertaining or C or number three, they're doing all three things. And that's something I've always strived to do. I, I don't want to teach you and film myself behind a beige wall because that's boring. But if I can make it fun, engaging, if I can know when to cut, it's not how long a video should be. It's about what am I trying to create with this video right now? What is the content? And then it's understanding some of the core mechanics of the YouTube algorithm. So I never really worry about should it be eight minutes or six minutes or 22 minutes. I, I always begin with who is my target audience? And if you don't start with that, you're in trouble. And a target audience is really who are the people that are looking for the kind of content that I'm making, that I'm publishing. And yes. when you start there and you say, okay, I am in a leadership role. I'm going to help uh, startup leaders become leaders. And you yes. think, what are they interested in? And then you start making video content for them and you become a conduit and you focus on their needs over your own needs. And then the second thing would be is, okay, you've got a good topic now. You understand who you're creating the content for. How do you deliver your message? Yeah. I never say, um, I never say, ah, I, I pause, <laughs> but I do it for a, a, a dramatic effect. There's a reason why Morgan Freeman, you know, narrates so many documentaries because he's interesting to listen to. Now, the fact of the matter is this can be really scary. People can say, oh, Jesus, I'm not very good on camera. It scares the heck out of me. I don't have much of a, a personality. I really need to comb my hair before I show up, right? I'm joking. But you're right. For a lot of people, is also all these other factors, how they look, a lack of confidence and self-esteem, but also just being overly overthinking it, right? And not putting themselves, despite of the fear, out there. The more you do it, it's like, like a second nature to you now, right? It, it is. And what's interesting is, is when I got started, I had that same fear. Like, here's the guy who had the audacity to say that I would have 10,000 subscribers in a year. And then I bought this fancy camera and I have all these lights around me and I'm thinking, okay, I got one year record. That was a lot of pressure. In fact, mm -hmm. the matter is like, you know, a lot of my early stuff is animated. It's goofy. It's over the top. A lot of people really dug that. But over the years, what I can tell you is that you don't have to be perfect. Nobody is looking for perfect. And the most powerful thing that anybody can do is be yourself and to rise above the fear and know that in your heart, you have something to share, whether you're just getting started or you've been doing um, knitting for 27 years. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever you're passionate about, Yes. Those people that are also passionate about knitting, whether they just started or they've been at it for 27 years, when you honor that with what's within you, yeah. then people will see that. People aren't looking for perfection. People are looking for someone they can, guess what, Isabella? Relate trust. to. Yeah, that you can trust, but also then you can relate to and finding then kind of your tribe, right? Exactly. And I think the more you can step into that, and here's the thing, it doesn't mean, oh, I just need to be myself. I hear people saying that almost as a cop-out, like your best self, 
Like show up like you mean it. Show up like you're, you are batting for the all-star team and practice mm-hmm. all the things again. And all the things I mentioned, delivery and topic, that's the title, the thumbnail, the content. It's how you edit. It's how you speak on camera. It's making your, your video title or your thumbnail compelling. So people have to click on it. Like when you start focusing on these and you keep showing up day after day, and this is kind of what you asked about before, like, geez, you, you've been at this a long time. You're not, you're not just, you know, playing to do okay. You're, you're playing for all the freaking marbles, which yeah. I am like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, do a few videos. I want to have impact. I want to do something with my life. When I look back and I go, that's pretty good. In fact, that's legacy. And mm-hmm. as soon as you step into that and you believe in that, and you act in that way, then what happens is you're basically putting people on notice. You're saying you should pay attention to me because this is gonna be pretty cool. And at that point, you start telling a story without really telling a story because you keep showing up. And that's really how I've lived my life. So when I I got to YouTube, I just figured once I master it, I'll move on. And it's, there's just so much so much to master it. I think I'll have it mastered when I'm about 106 and then, you know, I'll die. <laughs> That'll be that game over. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Legacy Leader Show and sharing more. And before we wrap up, you just took a word that I was about to say. I love that you are taking so much pride in your work, that you put in quality over quantity, that you put so much effort to master that. When is mastery, that is also tremendous results. Uh, for everyone again watching listening you did not go in 300 different directions you mastered one and then you did it extremely well as a result you are here things are going very well you just keep adding and building and expanding in that space uh and now we're just kind of dividing and playing with the different niches so do you mind share with the audience what is next with two best-selling international books under your belt and what is coming you know, that's a really great idea. I can tell like what's coming is eventually I'll write another book called Memorable Messenger, which is a, about how to tell a story based on what you're passionate about over the long term, over years online to build a following and again, really amplify your message. Now, I might start writing that book in six months or six years. I don't know. But what I can tell you is I will continue to share on social media. I will continue to make videos. I will continue to be inspired um, excited and wanting to know how to take that amazing photo of a full moon or a bear, really things that are creative. I'm a creative guy and I have to be creating content or my soul's not satisfied. I, I may take a break for a little while, but eventually I'm going to return and focus on a, a video or a new book or mastering photography. That's one thing I've been interested in lately is is photography because you get these fancy cameras and it's not only video, but you can take a beautiful photo. So these are some of the things I'm passionate about and I'll continue with. And Isabella, I want to say it's been a pleasure and I've, I've really enjoyed your, your clubhouse uh, sessions. They're, they've been wonderful. I've been kind of exploring other avenues and I'm always interested in leadership and you do, you do such a fabulous job. So I want to uh, tip the hat to you on that and, and say thank you for having me. It's been beautiful. Absolutely. And the last question, what would you like to be your legacy? And thank you again for showing up and putting yourself in different environments. And because all of us are ultimately leaders uh, and lead in the best way we know how, but the desire also to be great leader is huge. And with that leads to phenomenal legacies. So when you get that one 106 year old and people keep saying, you know, you look at what you accomplish and we're so, we have something to look forward to in one day when you are not with us. What would you like to be remembered It would be based not on the things I did, but rather how I led my life, how I focused and, and tried to really step into the best version of myself possible and inspired others along the way. That's not something I typically say. I don't think it's my job to try to inspire anybody other than myself. But when it's all said and done, hopefully people will look back and say, wow, that guy, you know, he wasn't playing, he wasn't playing to to do okay. He was really shooting for for the stars. And what do they they say? Shoot for the stars. And if you miss, you'll hit the moon, which is that's a pretty good. 
that's a good, pr pretty good place to land. Or for me, shoot for the galaxy and you will land on so many stars. Beautiful. So thank you, Brian. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing the journey as well as very tangible actionable items. Not only how to master video production, how to be visible in YouTube and one of the social media that it will not go away and also how to tell the story in an impactful way. It was an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to seeing your ongoing results. And guys, stay tuned for more. But in the meantime, go check his YouTube channel, where they can find you and where they can find all those awesome books, specifically the second one you did around, around storytelling and, and YouTube and visibility. Sure. Yeah. Uh, go to Amazon and search for Brian G. Johnson and you'll find my books. They're not hidden. Um, and if you go to YouTube and you search for Brian G. Johnson, I'll pop up. You can't miss me. Any marketer that's hard to find isn't doing a very good job with their marketing. So, <laughs> so you, you should have no problem accessing my books, my videos, those types of things. And um, I'll be speaking at a number of a large video conferences this fall. So maybe I'll see you in L.A., or upstate New York, or uh, Texas. I can't remember where in Texas, but I'll be in Texas probably around October. So That's fantastic. And do you mind just quickly telling us that big, huge YouTube conference uh, that you're going to be, uh, where is that? And Yeah, that's in LA. It's called Vid Summit. It's a tremendous, a tremendous event, A-level event with some of the top industry YouTubers, leaders, um, people actually even from YouTube, which is, it's pretty neat. I've uh, run into and met people and shook hands with some of the, the people that are behind the YouTube algorithm, which is something I really studied when I began. And, and there's something powerful about being at a conference with when you're interested in one subject, for example, YouTube, and you're around people that have done the thing you want to do. It's inspiring. It's helpful. You make connections. And most importantly, you learn a lot. So Vid Summit and uh, looking like I'll be a speaker this year again. Very excited about that. Brilliant. Congratulations. So all of those future inspiring YouTubers or existing that want to take the game to next level. Now you know where to not only find Brian, but also where to go for the conference and opportunity to hear him speak. Brian, absolute pleasure. Wish you ongoing massive success. We'll look forward to circling back down the road and having you back on and learning more. Have a fantastic day. Isabella, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.